This has been Sion Griper, 718-339-6020. And for donations, constructive, constructive criticism, text 347-927-8398. Also a, a book on Shalom Bias called Diamond Polishing. Also live, if you want to hear from the phone, 712-432-4217. Then it's www.jrootradio.com. We always begin with a little safety. The safety, especially staircases. We have stories, a little slip, and take it easy sometimes. There's toys over there, clothes over there. It takes one fall from the staircase. So a person has to be very careful, old, young, running down the steps, running up the steps, looking what's on the steps. Also, another safety alert is our Shabbos. Make sure the candles are in a safe place. Ask everybody where they should go. If it's on the table, you have to be careful. Maybe you shouldn't go on the table. Never leave the children alone, unattended with with candles. And also, don't leave matches nearby. We also mention all the time hot water urns, passing hot foods on Shabbos. I'd be very, very cautious. And also, to go into our talk a little bit first, is uh, dedicated to... Arthur and Charlotte and Maya and Chab Chani, and also dedicated to Sal of David Winyars. His passing, tragic. Many things we hear tragic today, and other than feeling awful maybe trying to help a little bit it has to wake us up a little bit <laughs> I really used to say when he left the house of the oval first thing you thank Hashem he's alive this is not for cons- consolation for the Nifter and Nifter's family of course but it's for us there's a lot of wake ups and today with all the news and from the radio to the papers, everything gets out real quick to everyone. And personally, I'm not sure how beneficial that all is. Because all of a sudden we hear negative, tragic news all the time. And we won't hear the uh, 10 girls born in Williamsburg and the 8 boys born in Flatbush and the Brissom and the Bar Mitzvahs and that's a little page maybe somewhere in the corner somewhere. And there's so much chesed Hashem, so much chesed. But I'm sure I spoke last week and just mentioned that on Shabbos we have to have different eyes on Shabbos. We even say certain prayers that would untie the bundles, get rid of the, the stuffed up things inside of us and to bring the hidden out the hidden Kedusha and it comes from the eyes the eyes during the week the eyes see not only notion, not only things we shouldn't look at but in regular 
You look in newspapers and you see things and you read papers and you read articles and you look up and you see travel signs and these clothing and as a bus goes by and the mind is constantly being tainted by what you see on a constant basis, even if you hide your eyes. So Shabbos is the time, what I was saying, that they have to realize that Kedusha of learning and davening and Kedusha, if you think a little bit, Rabbi Miller used to say, look at this, the chal and think about how, where it came from and the fish where it came from. And take a deep breath and zemiros when you hear the birds chirping in the street, it's an orchestra. So a person in Shabbos has to change the the way the eyes are being used. And you can walk in the street like that. Look at the sky, it's so beautiful. Basically a blue sky, and then you have sun and clouds. And maybe you even can see and appreciate the rain. Many people appreciate the rain and looking at the rain. Snow. So our eyes need constant constant stimulation for the the realize the real good that's going on. But unfortunately we don't see it as well as we see the other stuff and the other stuff comes in and looks like it's kosher. Real kosher. Even foods. Kosher. You can look through a magazine, one of these magazines weekly about all different foods and restaurants and a picture of food, a picture of this. But we don't... It's taking away from our mind's eye what should be thought about and how should we look at things. So Shabbos Kodesh is a time to utilize the eyes. And this is how you have to look into the week a little bit. Rabbi Barak Tzal used to say, Shabbos has to last from Sunday to Wednesday. Then Wednesday, start thinking about Shabbos again. So let's everybody try to, including me, of course, utilize our eyes. Doesn't mean you're hiding yourself from the truth and putting your sin in the sand if you don't read the newspapers, every, every article. But it means you can utilize your eyes to look at something kadusha, look at a good story, look at a nice, even a nice painting, and think about spiritual holy thoughts. There's plenty of ways to use the eyes that would uplift you to help you deal with tragedies, help you deal with many, many different things. Especially marriage. The Rebbe once said marriage is a happiness. That marriage is a marriage of Kedusha. And marriage has the biggest, biggest tests, probably. And the test, just like a test, is there to make us improve. The test in marriage is, and the Rav hinted that only through marriage you can make a tremendous progress in reaching Shlamer's perfection. Because you're constantly, constantly being tested. I guess there are other ways too, of course. But marriage is a big, big, big one. Everything that's coming your way during a marriage is big stuff. So when Mechmi and Shabbos were in Mitzrayim, now the Makas came. So you said, I think the Briskarov was like 89 years or something like that, how much hardship there was. It was supposed to be 200-something or 400-something. How come? So the Shem consolidated it, made it painful for... Because he could feel it, make a tikkun, and then the Yeshua would be better than ever. So many times that the difficulties we're going through, something on a daily basis, is something that if we 
hold strong, hold to our principles, that even though it's difficult, and we hold on and look for constructive, positive ways to deal with it, we're going to see Yeshua's, we're going to see Shlemus, we're going to see tremendous perfection that will help you deal with many, many other things. And the tests are hard. Some tests are harder than other tests. And that's marriage. You know, a young lady now has four children. They spoke to her about marriage. Her friends, he goes, what do you expect it to be, easy? But it's not a negative here. Because remember, there's a man, a man and a woman, two different worlds. And then different upbringings and different qualities and different strengths and weaknesses, different likes and not likes. We're talking about hundreds of differences and uh, be able to accept and encourage. It's a madreka. Marriage is making every one of us great. So, for example, last week we told a little story Marshall, but it's a nice one to repeat. Story of a cold winter up in the North Pole. It's taken from Torah Tavlin, certain publication. And the animals were dying off one by one. And the porcupines decided, let's get together and let's keep warm. They cuddle together and unbelievable. Like staying together, holding each other. They lived and the other animals were passing away. And then finally, after a while, one porcupine said to the other, you're sticking me. The other one, you're pricking me. Another one said, stop it, move over. And all of a sudden, a little agitation came. They said, enough, I can't take this. Once in a while, you get in the back and you prick me over here. So I decided to break up. All of a sudden, they started dying again. Started dying again. So then they got back together again. And they said, it's better to have these little sticks, these little pricks, and go along with life together with warm, with a certain amount of security, a certain amount of happiness. And that's very similar to marriage. And Millie used to say that you hold on, you hold on, and then you dance your children down the chuppah and grandchildren down the chuppah. There's a lot of positive, a lot of constructive to remember what we have. The focus is just so negative. And plus there's such low tolerance level of, in life in general. If someone says no to you very loud, you won't talk to them anymore. Or disagrees with you. The old days, usually it was mostly no, and you got a yes, it was pretty good. So really, under duress, as far as our tolerance and dealing with tests today. So a person, like we said last week, to become a little numb, a little sameach, build up himself a little bit, so then you can deal with the right techniques, and you can grow in these areas. Another little story I heard Last week, concerning was a man who was had a business, and another man came by and opened up a business very similar. 
And this man went to the rub with Rabbi Habelstam and said, please curse this man. Please curse this man. And the rub looked at him and all the Tamidim was standing there. He told him, Marshall, he said, you know when a horse goes to get water, they walk and they get to the water. Before they put their head in to drink, they kick with their feet. They kick with their feet. Why? Because as he's looking in the water, he's really looking at himself. He sees a reflection and he thinks it's another horse trying to get his water, trying to impinge upon him, taking from him. So he starts kicking back like he's kicking the other horse away. And while doing so, we see it's a mirage, not kicking anything, but he's dirtying his own water too. So by getting upset at what he imagines is the other person giving them the hardest time in the world, trying to take from him, he dirties up himself and his own lot and his own water that he needs to live. That's a muscle for brothers and sisters all the time. He's taking from me. He's taking, no one's taking it from anybody. It's all yours all of a sudden. And husband and wife too. I feel like he's impinging upon me. He's taking this from me. He's making me do this. He's making me do that. And what happens is as you get angry, you're really messing up yourself. Like for example, if you go on a subway and you see this one guy yelling at another guy, who's the guy normal who's the one more normal? The one's quiet. I once saw on a subway, it was a special needs child he was staring at a lady and all of a sudden Lisa yelling what are you looking at and I was I saw the scene I didn't say anything but I saw the lady was a little off base but so who's the crazy ones special needs child <laughs> maybe the other person so all this is almost also to realize Everything you get is from Hashem, directly from Hashem. So this guy was bothering him with the panasa, it's not going to affect his panasa. He has to know it's a reflection. He has to go get the water like he has to go get the water. And the more he gets upset, the more he might mess up his business and his relationship with others. So let's go with this a little bit. How we can try to kind of improve our lot, improve our relationships. And especially with the the pricking and the we'll do a little bit first we'll start with this, the third commandment. We did that list last week a little bit. We might go back and forth a little bit. The third commandment is make peace as soon as possible. Now, you might get a prick, like I said. But the idea of making peace as soon as possible is so logical. So logical. And I mentioned people show me text, which started out with, could you go get the laundry? And he said, well... I'm busy and back and forth until the whole conversation was vicious, 
you never do this, you never do that. So if one of them was very, very smart and said, they have to make peace as soon as possible. I see it's getting agitated. It's not, it's not helping. It's not helping. You're right. You're sorry. I, I'll, I'll do it myself. Or I hear what you're saying. There's one story this man told me that he once went to his job and he took a can of tuna fish. He said it was the last one left, but he figured he'd take it. So children in the morning when they go to school have another can of tuna fish, another, another something or other. So during lunch when he called his missus, she gave it to him. How could you take the last can? And he thought he was a billion percent right. She must have lost it. And he was getting bop real good. But he learned a little bit, make peace as soon as possible. Let mean words pass over. And he stayed calm. It wasn't easy. And he passed over. He asked Hashem for help, I think he told me during the phone call. Help, help, help. You ask Hashem for help before you make phone calls to your wife and her husband. It's a secret. Anyways, so passed by. He still thought he was a billion percent right. And two weeks later, he said he was home for a certain, it was a certain day off. And he saw the children in the morning. One ch- child wanted peanut butter. And there was no peanut butter. And that child, I'm not going to school. And it was a whole big thing. Then he realized by taking that can of tuna fish, I was taking really it away from the child, a child. And that child really maybe went berserk. And my wife had sores in the morning. And me getting yelled at was I was being inconsiderate. I should have thought further and said to myself, what is this, one can left, maybe the children need it. And even if I'm not that smart to think ahead, at least say sorry a billion times. But he was smart enough to keep quiet. But how many husbands will respond? What do you want? Come on, you're making a big thing out of nothing. Big thing out of nothing. And he says something. She says, yeah, but then he'll say, well, last week you did this. Oy, oy. So make peace as soon as possible is a crucial thing. Just recently, family had a baby, a couple of babies recently, one year and a couple of years later. So the man whose own upbringing I think was very difficult, his home was from a difficult situation, separated, except. So, but he knows all about bringing up children. So he sees his wife holding the baby, holding her wrong. Sees the baby fall. How come you're not watching the baby every second? And he, I mean, she gave me a call. Like, what's going on? And he yells, screams, rants, and raves. I tell her it lasts so long. It lasts a little bit, but then after a while, it goes back to normal. And she goes, I can't take it. So I said, and I don't like if I don't know if you like this mushroom or not, but. If your mate was sick, your makala had a really big sick sickness and at a moment was ranting and raving because of frustration, so how are you going to respond? So at the moment, he lost it a little bit. So how do you respond? So the best response at the moment is to try to hear out if you can say sorry, change the topic, and then later on, let it go. Many times I would ask my middle question, say, don't worry, join the club. Everyone goes through it. Men and women go through these things. Not 
taking away from people when they do raise their voice might have a valid reason. But even then, at that point, is not the time to respond back. You have to see where, when, how. And if you ask a chacham, sometimes, yes, sometimes, most of the time, it goes by. Especially in many cases, it'll go by. And then later on, five minutes later, things are going beseda. And then you can change topics and do something fun or be productive or be supportive or do the dishes. And you can make up. So she asked me, what about the children seeing the father yelling, screaming? So be destructive to the children. So I said, if the father responds back, I mean the mother responds back, so the children see the foundation of the home rocking. The foundation is mom and dad. So what happens if it's a tension and an argument? The children feel it. You're really shaking their foundation. So if the mother gets upset or the father gets upset, they see mommy's upset, mommy's upset, Abba's upset. And they'll be able to survive. Later on in life, though, if the father continues outburst, the children, they'll be strong. They can still be strong. But they might lose respect for the father. Or if the mother was yelling a lot, a lot, a lot different than just usually yells over usually if it's yelling over homework, things like that, but just yelling something for nothing, if it's that kind of yelling, the children eventually might not look so fondly on the mother in certain respects. So the person who's yelling is really hurting himself or herself. But you got to make sure only one yells. As soon as both yell, it's uh, tragic for children. Person can see as a you know teachers they can see during the yuntas during certain times of the year that the children there's a difference between the children from more stable homes and the others. And today especially even more stable homes there's so many things pulling pulling. Every child is so spoiled, even if they don't want to be spoiled. Unless you have a very super home that's able to keep all the gadgets and all the the chumrias out. But it's a challenge today. That's where the more we have to make sure husband and wife are on the same page. So it's a commandment. Make peace as soon as possible. Make peace as soon as possible. You say you're sorry. You may respond back. You said it yesterday. And again, you say, no, I really mean it. You're saying it for the last five years. You All of a sudden, it's five years. And then whatever you can do, get a dish or you're avoiding the topic. What would you like me to do? And just write it out, write it out, write it out. It's uh, important to to write it out. Because we know the story we told last week and many, many weeks for a Brock story. A new Talmud came into the yeshiva and had a roommate. And the roommate was a Talmud of Brock. That's all. And every time, every night, this new Bacha wasn't into the system so much. So he'd play music, stay up late. And every time the other Bacha would say to him, please, shut up the music, please, or please... You throw things at him. 
With Reb Rock, I can't learn. I can't. Um, maybe I should move my uh, room. He says, no, first, whatever he does, he throws something, pick it up, put it back in his place. Rebbe, I'll be a shmata. Pick it up, put it back in his place. Rebbe, how can I do that? Pick it up, put it in his place. And he did it. And they became friends and everyone grew. And I told you, this man who it happened to, he grew up. And he had his own family. And he saw once this five-year-old boy came home, started writing with crayons on the wall, couldn't stop him, hit this, that. Nothing could work. Uh no candy, no this, and treats, nothing worked. So at the end of the day, the boy said, Abba, Abba, my Rebbe screamed at me, yelled at me. So then he realized he was going through certain pain. That's why he was going a little off the wall. It really nothing to do with the father. The same with his bach, who was throwing things. And they needed a hug. The father said, I gave my boy a hug when he came in. What's the matter? How can I do? What can I help? And same with the... A mate, when something's being, there's a yelling. What can I do? How can I help? Sometimes you can't say anything. Just take it. We don't know what the other person's going through so many times. And so many times we'll get blasted over something that looks real, late. But it could be the wife had a hard day top to bottom. Because if the wife just won the million dollar lottery, you walked in late, I'm not sure how upset she would be. Or husband comes in and the wife is, you know, is uh, you know, fuming. And the husband comes in, he won the million dollar ticket, lottery, and the wife starts, he'll take it, he'll take it, take it. Sweetheart, we're millionaires. The truth of the matter is, it's like the porcupine story. We are millionaires. There's so much to gain out of a relationship. And also, with making peace as soon as possible, you don't want to let it linger on. Because many people hold on to it. People have husbands hold on to things. People have wife holds on to things. And what happens is, if the, the wife holds on to something... All of a sudden, it doesn't only affect that you were late or affect the scene that happened, but it affects every part of your life. All of a sudden, the supper you might not get with a smile. Also, we mentioned attention, appreciation, and affection. Might not come there like it should. And the other way around with a husband, too. That's it. It's so important to get on peaceful terms with each other. It's urgent, urgent, urgent. And then you could build back your foundation and a good night's sleep. You wake up in the morning. You might not solicit each other's love or anything, but at least a little status quo, status quo. Because not only one thing leads to another in an argument, but also if it, crea if it creates a bad failing, many people don't de departmentalize and say, okay, we just had a little argument over a certain thing here. Okay, 99% of everything else is fine. doesn't work like that so fast. Usually the one thing affects the 99% of other things too. The whole thing. You'll see, everyone sees it all the time. So it's worth holding it in, worth looking for eights, worth looking for advice, worth, we mentioned, say, look, Rob, so you still get so hard... Please, sweetie, let's talk to my rub so you can tell me how to get better. Or let's speak to your rub so the woman is able to tell, tell me how to get better. 
you know, whatever it is to calm it down. And then your advice you'll hear probably for everybody. Because that advice, that calmness, you'll be able to exist. But I've seen one thing leads to another. And then again, one thing affects one's whole day. Sometimes one's whole week. Then weeks go by. And all of a sudden, one week, two weeks, three weeks, where he's not giving as much money as he should, or she's not being as affectionate as she should, but he's not being affectionate. And all of a sudden, one week, two weeks, it gets more frustrating by holding back, by holding back what's necessary, not luxury, not extracurricular activity, not a tip. I mean necessities. That's what happens. Necessities are being held back and he'll get more and more frustrated. But she don't get it because to her she's not so frustrated as far as what he needs. And she thinks sometimes he's like her. And it goes by. He wonders why it's not once more like nice and then it'll burst out again because of this lack of attention, appreciation, affection. Like I said, a woman will do the same the other way around. So it's... It's not worth it. Because as soon as you start refraining and holding back, that's what happens. Because one argument, one disagreement, one harsh word can make a whole situation grow into not only that 1% of of the situation that you argue about, make it 99% also. So it's very, very crucial. Again, with um, making peace as soon as possible. It's it's utmost important for us to make a tikkun in this world. Like we started earlier, shlemus. We're married to reach shlemus perfection. As we work with each other, we perfection. As the Rav used to say, you're perfecting yourself, and you're perfecting your lady or your man. And you'll be together for 120 and be together in the next world. It's an eternal thing. We have to know everything we say and do. He said last week, Eke Asha, Eke Hashem is forever, forever, forever. We are too. So if you had a wonderful Shabbos, an enjoyment, and you'll see the reward of the Shabbos is forever. And one day you're going to see it again and feel it forever, the happiness. But unfortunately, it goes with the other things too, the arguments. And usually arguments because of our own frustration. Like 100%, like I said, if you if you won the million-dollar lottery, $10 million lottery, most cases you could give your wife a nice hello, a husband a nice hello, or at least a little calmer hello anyway. So don't let frustration, expectations build up. Make peace as soon as possible. It's crucial, crucial. And with that, we can go back a step where to keep the routines. As soon as something happens, still... Make sure the same old supper is on the table, not over his head. Or here it is and walk away. Or 
he bringing home supper that night. Tuesday night, he brings home supper. Nope, not tonight. Or from each week that he does certain chores in the house and she does certain chores in the house. This is something that you got to keep the routine after making peace. Make sure business as usual. Business as usual. That would again encourage the relationship. Will make warm the relationship. Like the porcupines in the top in the cold winter, even though there's some pricks going on there, there's a warmth. There's a warmth. And we mentioned routines are so crucial to rekindle relationships. We can tell each other the same routines over and over again, a little note in the morning. It's very important, a nice, healthy note in the morning. I think that's number one. If you could say it in person, if she wants you to wake her up, if not, a note every morning. Hello, have a good day. And don't add, remember this, remember that. that. You don't have to add. This is just for a rekindle. Hello. I care about you. Looking forward to see you later. And a cold during the day, you could ask each other, what do you need, what do you need? And it's a routine, and coming home routine. Make sure he has 15, 20 minutes of relaxed time. Or make sure she has 20, 20 minutes of relaxed time. Keep routines. And every night... Working together, it's not a bad idea that a man goes out for a half hour, hour in the middle. PK's home at six, goes out eight to nine maybe. It could be a break up an evening. With somebody's together for a whole evening, the best of cu couples will have disputes. So the break up does help also. These are routines. But don't break those routines. Don't break routines. We mentioned again, affection and appreciation. Tension, affection, <clears throat> tension, appreciation, and affection. Don't break those routines. Then you wonder why your husband is so nice for you know for a day or two, and all of a sudden he blows up. You're not helping. What do you mean he doesn't keep your routines? Is it taking to you? You're reaching your shlamus. You're doing what you have to do in this world. You are reaching shlamus, and you are also doing the best for their relationship. We should be calm things down a little bit. Again, we constantly say, you got to get a rab as soon as possible. And work together, work together. But that works after you, when you make peace, make sure you keep routines, keep routines. And the more routines you could add, the better. You come home, you miss the help. Your husband comes home, you miss the, miss the doctor. Therapists, to listen to him, to be there for him, and vice versa. There's so much couples can do for each other. Can do. And one's a little more upset than the other. The other has to be the security blanket, blanket the Superman, the super. You'll see it's all working. It's all worth it. Hashem uh, wants us to make a tikkun in ourselves. I've seen a relationship where he was very sloppy and she was very finicky it was like two opposites but eventually they they reached in the middle somewhere and i don't know they have a nice olam haba these two he had to work on himself to realize that every night i'll be able to lay the cleaning up and she had to work on herself this sloppy fellow i'm going to deal with them patiently etc 
or this late fellow, this early lady, or there's so many areas, so many areas to think. Panasa is hard. Then if he's working and he's trying, it's a big thing. A woman's helping and trying also. But it's important to work together and to realize this is for my tikkun, this is for my shlemis. You know what happens also? See, not just all my bar stuff, but it's nicer to get along. You know, how many students told me uh, that they're having some trouble in the classroom, etc., and then eventually they learned, okay, I'll be, be quiet, then I'll get along. I said, how's it going? Great. Why is it going great? Not that he liked English so much better, or she likes the class so much better, but so much easier to get along. If I fight, there's going to be a fight every time. Especially you're dealing with other people with egos, and and bigger egos than that, so... If you just get along, okay, you can suffer more the other way. Maybe the time you get along, you'll see you get along, it's fine, and be less pressure on you. So it's worth putting your head, getting along, getting along. Shem, give me siyatishmaya to get along, get along, get along. And look for eights, look for counsel. And also look for counsel for my family, too. Eights, direction, a rub that can direct. It's crucial in all situations, all situations. And another commandment, we're going to see positive for a while now. Positive. Another positive is be loyal, which means give a lot of chizuk, a lot of encouragement, a lot of encouragement. Because first of all, it opens your eyes to who your husband and wife really is. Because a man starts encouraging his wife, he's going to realize, wow. Okay, once in a while I get a bop. Once in a while she forgets the, once in a while, sometimes more than once in a while. But look at her. She wakes up in the morning. She tries to get the kids ready for school and to school. And if not, she's going to work, going to do something in the community. And she daven, she prays, she tries to address Nias, ask Nias. There's so much she's trying to do. And you can go out the day, go throughout your wife's daily schedule, and you'll see tremendous things, tremendous things. And you can compliment her. And how you do it, you're able to keep a house this way, and also you're working too, and... And if she looks nice, or she makes a nice supper, or she sews something nice, or she's calm with the children, hop all the good moment that she's showing success and give encouragement, emistic encouragement. After a while, you're going to see. She'll say a nice idea, you'll say it. And what other person doesn't like a person who's encouraging them in an emistic way? Not making up stories, you look good in... You have a dirty shirt on. But this will tremendously help also. So then when things get a little rough, so you might have to say sorry for a little while and it'll go away. But a person that doesn't do this and walks in, hello, hello, goodbye, hello, goodbye. So something rough happens and you don't have a cushion of rachamim, a cushion of compassion, a cushion of you're somebody... So then, then, then he has to go get a diamond ring. Then she has to, what is what she has to do? 
And the begging comes in. It doesn't have to be like that. So a person can pro can create constructive situations instead of letting situations create him or her. You can create your situations most of the time. But unfortunately, many of us let situations create us. And when you create a situation, and if it doesn't work out exactly like you want, that's okay too. Have have that in mind. But at least saying, I'm trying, I'm really trying to create a happy, successful situation. And loyalty is big stuff, big stuff. Any negative word against your wife and husband, of course you jump to the, you jump to the, to back them up. And you rescue, and you save, and you stick up for I'm talking about something else a little bit, about just constantly empathetic encouragement to your mate. And when you do that, you'll see, only with another commandment, don't say mean words. See, if you're constantly encouraging, there might be a slip once in a while a mean words, a mean word, but it's a slip. It's an actual slip. And if you keep encouraging, if a mean words comes out, one man the other day told me he's always encouraging. I don't know, he got frustrated, he came into the house, something bothered him, but he was coming along and then something, a little, a little bump, and he said something, he said, it didn't seem like it was me. Almost like another person's voice came out. I said things I shouldn't have said. And he apologized, he apologized. But the other person too will see it's not normal, not usual. So don't say mean words no matter what. If you come in the house, it's a big mess. You want to, you don't, can't say business is booming, can't say I'm a millionaire, and all the different things you can't say. You had a hard day and you want a neat house. and So you can practice. You walk in and say, what's going on here? You could walk in and go, honey, great to see you. Same tone, same emotions. And you'll see you'll be able to turn your emotions of emotions of a, a, a at least a little bit happy instead of the other. The other creates just Khasri Shalom destruction. Destruction. And if mean words are said, they should never be said. It's just so detrimental, so detrimental. You think you're gonna win an argument this way? You just you, you wreck the other person. It just um, it might be um, maybe rare situations that it works, but <laughs> not even that. It, it just mean words are just usually be below the belt, and you say things, and it hurts, hurts for a long time, and. But on the other hand, another commitment was let mean words pass by. That's a little bit with make peace as soon as possible. That when mean words are said, like we said earlier in the talk, you have to say to yourself, it's coming from a source that's upset about something. And if you think about it later, you can see maybe it really is me. I really didn't mess this one up. Or you can see I did something, but it wasn't worth a a whole this barrage. And most of the time, you'll see it, 
It wasn't worth that barrage. It was other things, other frustrations. Even the other person got himself or herself in the mess himself and the frustration comes out on you. So if you can, let mean words pass by, pass by. Become a little numb, let them pass by. And it says in Gemara, I think Sanhedrin, a person who lets evil words pass by, a person who lets, learns, lets mean words pass by, a hundred evils pass your way. So you're saving yourself. All of a sudden, the person gets blasted. And whereas I'm sorry, so you don't know where it's coming from. And later on, most of the time, you'll see 99% of the yells usually, even though it's sent to you, it deals with uh, frustration in many other areas too. So if you can somehow not respond and try to make peace as soon as possible, it says a hundred evils would pass your way. You were going to walk down the streets and lose some money. It said you found money. And your car made a turn. All of a sudden, stopped. And the boss was figuring on Lowering your salary, all of a sudden, so you do good work, gave you a raise. There's so many different evils can come, but the Gemara says straight out, a hundred evils pass your way. We don't realize we walk down a block. Someone not so nice was going to walk down that block, but decided to walk down another block. So we don't realize the control we have. Hashem is saving us from many problems. It could be plenty problems, for, you know, with the children too. It can help us, us redirect things. Hashem will send Rafu and Yeshua. So it's, it's a fact. Let means let mean words pass by. A hundred evils would pass you away. So a person who does it once in a while, once a day, all of a sudden, like a week, at seven hundred evils passing you away. Pass them by. No joke. No joke. So we have to, again, think about that porcupine story again. Where it was a cold, cold winter in the North Pole. And animals were dying. But the porcupines decided to come together, hug and mug. And it was wonderful. They were warm. They lived. And the other animals died. And then one animal pricked another, stung another, can't take it anymore, and they broke up. They saw they were dying. They came back together again. It's better to have once in a while a prick, a sting, and everything else than to lose the security of the home, of the warmth. And what we have, to have a mate, to have a wife, you have a life. Almost no matter what, no matter what, we're not talking about, and today everyone makes everyone crazy, you know, he yells too much, is abuse, so she, she bump into me, is physical abuse, all these words are thrown out and, and exaggerated to such extent because we're kind of weaker. And not saying they are difficult, they aren't difficult and we have to work on them. But not enough to separate couples, 99%, definitely not enough. Even more 99%, honest. And usually they say, he's crazy, she's crazy. I've seen the situations. Most, most of the time they're frustrated. Crazy, I don't know. Honest. And it's an important 
thing that that we understand in marriage, see, we have to emphasize the good. Just what we say, create your situation. Keep those positive routines. Loyalty, give encouragement. Always work together. Be calm. Be that listener to your mate. Be that encourager to your mate. Be that validator to your mate. And be a constructive, constructive, constructive. On the other hand, be able to... Take it, to take it, to realize the other person is going through some sort of pain, 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 anytime you get yelled at. Sometimes it's based on she's right, and sometimes it's based on other emotions, and it comes out in here more than maybe it should. We all experience. But let it pass by. There's so many situations where people are held on, and there's so many good moments Every day you're working, every day she's doing things, doing things with the children too. And then you have your moments together. And then you have your moments with, with you know, if you have simples, you have children, simples with children and married grandchildren. And just being happy, having someone there for you, both of you. You can build, you can build, you can start right now. Marriage is a happiness. Gotta remind yourself of that. Again, this has been Sion Griper, 718-339-6020. They had to talk again. Today is Monday. We saw usually 9.15 now, Monday morning. We played again Sunday night at 5 p.m. And the text 347-927-8398. And live radio using a phone, 712-432-4217. And www.jradio.com. And again, there are tragedies going on around us. Real, real serious ones. But on the other hand, our lives, we, we, have, we have a lot that's good too. So don't get pulled away. I feel bad and we have to have help and we have to cry, but there's so much good also you have. Don't let that pricks, you know, act like the world's going to end when you get a bump. If you get two bumps, a bump a day. No, 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 no. Focus and be realistic to see what you have and what you could do to make it better. Again, everyone, a slokarabba and everything, Rukhnitangashmis.